Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting once again back in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge, the heart of the Clempire, with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, what's going on, Renee Coleman? Oh, I'm uh, glad to be back with you. I uh, had, a, had a week off uh, last week. I was up in the, uh, the Finger Lakes. I'd never been, never even, I guess I'd heard of the Finger Lakes region, but uh, I always think of just upstate New York, but uh, specifically I was... Finger Lakes finger licking good? Well, I mean, I... I, I, Are there lots of uh, sex parties in the Finger Lakes? (laughs) Well, I'm not really sure about about all that. You weren't there long enough. I wasn't there long enough to get in on that scene, but... uh, the I mean the finger lakes. So it's all these lakes that are like you can see across them. They're very narrow, but then they'll they're like thirty five miles long. It's several Lake Seneca is one of them. There's a, a few others, but they're all kind of uh, right there in that that Ithaca, uh, Syracuse, uh, Rochester kind of region. Now, uh, what I was not expecting when I got up there was. All that smoke from those Canadian fires were totally oh, yeah. blanketing everything. Fucking I mean, Canadians, man! I can't it, stand those people, it, man. It, the 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 those sky with their fires, you know. They don't have Smokey the Bear up there, do they? Uh, I guess they don't. Yeah. I guess uh, I think it's they got like Smokey. Peppy, Peppy uh, the, uh, <laughs> the skunk or Peppy <laughs> the uh, uh, moose. Sure, uh, sure. Marcel the Moose. Marcel the Moose. Yeah, he plays hey, with matches. He likes to play with matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts for us. Yeah, what do you want with a country that has two languages? You know, well, it's crazy going nuts. Well, uh, yeah. So those fires are burning out of control. Well, so I was going to say, it looked like every scene from the movie The Road. If you ever saw that with uh, Viggo Mortensen, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic scenario, and and the sky is always uh, smoky and gray. You never see the sun in this movie. And that's exactly how how it was up there for uh, for most of the time I was there. But uh, you know, well, yeah, that's what fires do. I grew up in SoCal. You know, you have fire season, and there's you know we have big fires like you know when Malibu starts to burn. You know, you're happy. Uh, but then the air quality isn't that great. No, no, it's yeah, terrible. In fact, yeah. I would look on my phone every day and, and say, uh, "Go ahead." It's, it's really bad for your lungs, mm-hmm. especially when you're, you know, breathing it in and smoking tar heroin off foil. Right. At the same time, it's not that very good. Right, right. Not good for the lungs. Yeah, it could maybe be you one know. or the other, but the yeah. two, and then also so stay indoors. And, that's and smoke that, that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah smoke yeah. it. Stick with the tar. Have your man just deliver. <laughs> he always told me, I'm on the way. Yeah. I'm on the way. <laughs> that's, you know, that's the best three words in the world. I'm on the way. <laughs> or four words, I don't sure, know. Sure, sure, yeah, who's counting? I'm on the way. You know, okay. we didn't have cell phones no. back then. No, no, you had to go to yeah. a pay phone or you uh, had to page somebody. Yeah, the pagers. Yeah, man, man. you don't see those thing. too much anymore. Yeah, so you're up there breathing the horrible Canadian Right, air. right, right. It was a terrific yeah. band, though, uh, all uh, former Troubled Men podcast guests. We had, of oh, course, Lynn, Lynn Drury uh, was the leader. It was her band. Now, what, it, what does he do? Well, Lynn uh, is the, the oh, a singer. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. She's a singer. Uh, she's great singer-songwriter, and she had uh, uh, Eric Bolivar, who was on the podcast during the lockdown. We didn't, we did one with him remotely. Uh-huh. Terrific drummer. 
um, and John Fole. I think we did. Uh, I think we did John's. Can't remember where they did that in person Eric with him. Eric Boulevard. Or not. He's the guy. I remember him. He likes Big Macs. Huh. Was that him in the okay. show? Okay, it, it, it could be. We uh, talked about his birthday and going to McDonald's. Okay, all right. I he's uh, he's from uh, the, like the Seattle area, I believe, oh, or, no, or, I or, or uh, maybe upstate uh, uh, California. Might be uh, NoCal. I can't, can't oh, quite remember. Oh, he was remember. part of that marching band. Marching band, very good. Right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He liked to supersize things. Huh. That's what I remember. <laughs> okay, about I, I don't remember that part of yeah, it. But, uh, he said, I'll supersize it, man. Okay. And he likes his McNuggets, and he should be happy that uh, McDonald's is bringing back one of their characters. Was that uh, Grimace? The Grimace, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, what's that all about? I, I've uh, you know, been missing out on Who knows? <laughs> who I have knows? no okay. idea what the fuck McDonald's is doing. <laughs> I think they're trying to reach out to the LGBTQI5 community. Okay. I think with, that's maybe the Grimace. Grimace. Yeah, because Grimace is purple. Okay, and, I get you know, it. That all right. Kind of thing. right, right, right. You know, but... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, so you went there, you breathed bad air, now you're back. Now, now let back. me ask you mm-hmm. something. I was thinking about this. Oh, okay. When you're on the road mm-hmm. and you're staying in these uh, hotels mm-hmm. or motels. Right, blowtels. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And uh, do you do wake-up calls? Do you still need a wake-up call? No, 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 no. I, I uh, Well, yeah. I, I never used to like to rely on the wake-up call because half the time they come at the wrong time or they don't come at all. So, I mean, we all have phones uh, that... that, uh, I mean, before your phone and all that, you know, be back in the 80s or 90s, would you do wake-up calls? Um, Because, you know, everyone has their phone, which they can set. Right, right. I mean, I would ask for wake-up calls, but I got so disappointed in them not going off, I started trying to rely on the the radio. You know, if they have Uh, a clock in the the room. Clock radio. Yeah, clock radio. Because I I stopped doing wake-up calls years ago also because I remember once uh, I was, I I don't know where I was, somewhere in the middle of the country, and I asked for a wake-up call, and then in the morning the phone rings, and I answer it, and the voice on the other se- other other side said, "What are you doing with your life?" <laughs> <laughs> that was the wake-up call and, I got, and you didn't have an answer, and I had no answer, right. but I got up. Sure. So <laughs> try to make something out of it. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just stopped. I stopped doing the wake up calls after that. If I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late. You know. All right. You As know. you guys know about uh, Carlos' uh, approach to these shady motels, Carlos Nusio. Yeah. Uh, may, he, no, may, may he rest in peace. Yeah. He would. Uh, this is a story that was retold to me. He would ask the. Uh, he would ask the concierge if they have such a thing at these places. Um, you know, where's the sketchy part of town? Because I like to, you know, get up early and take a jog, you know, around right. maybe 3 a.m., you know, to score. I mean, take a jog. Right. And, uh, yeah, that was his approach. Where, where should I not go? Exactly. What should I avoid? Could you and, circle that for me on the map, please? Right, right, right. <laughs> Any well, phone numbers? funny because all the motels he stayed in were on airline highways. So he was there. <laughs> He was already there. He knew his oh. way. Well, yeah. when he's traveling to a new town, he had yeah. to identify. Yeah, yeah, somebody was just telling that story about Carlo the other day. They well, we stories. had, you know, all those people had had uh, have the people on the on the road there had lots of Carlo stories, and actually, the subject came up of, you know, all the stories that people told at his memorial. 
uh, afterwards, I was out in the parking lot, and people were like, "Are we talking about the same guy?" Because these are there was no no notorious stories told tonight, you know. And I was <laughs> suggesting, well, uh, maybe like well, in a year we'll have another one of these, and we'll we'll it'll be the rest of the story. PG uh, PG twenty six right, or whatever like, it is. Uh, how he owes me eighty bucks. <laughs> well, sure, man, he yeah. can come and uh, and and. Uh, pull out that old war horse he loaned you know i, bu- I lent him like 80 bucks and, the, with the, it, and then the he 90s? paid me back he paid me back like three months later and then he uh, started to borrow money from me again <laughs> you know this, that same day that he paid me back <laughs> well <laughs> he know? figured he was up he was yeah uh, yeah, 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 yeah he was he was all uh, yeah. all paid up he could borrow one hand and the other hand but i can't right. go to his family for the 80 bucks. no 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 or at this point wife. i think you just got to it's uh, yeah, it's no. water under the bridge manny yeah i never understood that uh, phrase water right, under the bridge no, cuz it's gone it's downstream yeah. it's too yeah. late so, it's, so it's a lot of things guys. have been going on oh yeah our, tell us about what's country okay our supreme court has been ruling on a lot of things right you know, and one of them was um, the whole LGBTQ thing. You know how uh, uh, someone can tell uh, LGBTQ wife, whatever it is, that uh, I can't. I don't have to bake you a cake or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had the yeah. graphic designer yeah. who would said, and yeah. now it turns out they 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 dug into that and uh, in into that case, and uh, it didn't actually seem like the 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 facts were correct. Like the, the person who supposedly was suing said, I never asked this person for, for, I don't know. I can't remember all the details. I don't understand uh, that whole, you know, uh, they're good people. I'm sure, you know, but apparently the court ruling basically says that I can tell like bigots are homophobes. You can't listen to my show. You can't do this. You know, you can't watch my movie. You know, I, that's what I got from this ruling. Hmm. Well, you yeah, know. it's an equal protection clause yeah. that they, they, uh, they have to But I was also thinking, you know, they have all these nouns, these uh, LGBTQ, uh, what is it, LGBTQ, I don't know. Uh, they have all these nouns like they, them, the pronouns, he, yeah, right. pronouns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why isn't it one of them? Uh, yeah, you know, I guess it's uh, more of an inanimate object. Yeah, but, um, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. also, then I heard the story when all the Supreme, you know, now there's LGBTQ+. <laughs> Did you hear about this? I've seen that yeah. listed at times. Is that for people who are overweight? Yeah, plus sizes. Yeah, the plus maybe, sizes maybe. for all the LGBTQ who are fat fuckers. Um, I, have, you I, know? I don't know. So to, to, it's all confusing to Google to me. that. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll Google that and see what what is what's the plus. There's more, right? There's right. more. It's endless. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's endless. endless permutations. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what's going on while you were gone. And uh, right. Well, I saw uh, we lost a great one, Alan Arkin. While yeah, while I was Alan gone. Arkin. He's uh, a friend of yours, I know. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we he's uh, so many so many great roles over his. Well, uh, heroin will do that to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's too old to be doing that shit, man. Or is he just the right age? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> you know, because like I remember, you know, when my mom was on her deathbed, and she was like in her 80s, and I was sitting by her on her deathbed, and she's dying, and her last words to me, you know, her last words to me were, "Morphine is great." That was her last words to me. Okay. I like this morphine, Manny. You know. So, you know, maybe he dug it, you know, dug it a little bit too much. You know? Memories of uh, my, my dearly uh, beloved and um, 
heartfelt friend, uh, Hart McNee. I don't know if you knew him, but uh, he had been a he had been Maria a McKee. No, Hart McNee. He oh, was a Hart tremendous McKee. musician, and he uh, he had cancer of the everything. And uh, right, they told him, you know, here's some stuff, and here's some other stuff. And he said, you know, I'm a I'm a recovering junkie. I don't think. And then they said Fuck to him, that. You don't have, you don't have to quit this, you know. It's just gonna, right, right, yeah. right. You're, you're not gonna have it. to kick. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna die. It's okay. Fuck. You know, uh, well, yeah. Speaking of drugs, you know, they found cocaine in our White House. Yeah, right? it's the White yeah, House, yeah. baby. <laughs> I tell you, man, those Obama girls, I gotta love them. You gotta love them, man. <laughs> Party with the Obamas. Yeah. They, they left, but left that Easter egg behind. Yeah, they okay. left that. Shit. You know. shit, but that that happens. You know, you pull your phone out and some shit stuck. You know, ah, uh, well, oops. Uh, might, might be Don names? Jr., man. I don't know. Yeah. He's the guy that seems so twitchy when anytime you see him on TV. Yeah. Well, that's crack. Okay. Flaca. <laughs> That's not just regular Coke, man. Oh, okay. But it was found in the West Wing, which is closed off to the tours and the public and all that. And when you take a tour of the White House, it's usually just the East Wing. It's always mm-hmm. the East Wing. But they found it in the West Wing. So you got to love those girls. Okay. You know, I'm thinking, you know. Because, you know, she was uh, what, the oldest daughter was at Lollapalooza last year. It's pictures of her fucking uh, smoking pot and shit oh, like that. okay. She's, uh, t- I saw she just turned 25, like today or oh, yesterday or okay. something like well, that. So know, she's she's a, old enough to make her own oh, choices. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's all good, as they say. I have tremendous respect for that entire family, and I'm going to, you know, follow in their footsteps as much as possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. That sounds like a plan. So yeah. we had uh, Fourth of July yesterday, Manny. Did yeah. you uh, you have any any big Fourth of July? Uh, I, it's it's just been so fucking hot. I didn't want to go out. It is so out. hot. <laughs> it's so brutally hot. Did you know that Monday, July third, it was it was recorded because they record this stuff. It was the hottest day on Earth it, since they've been keeping records yeah. on right. Earth. Right, right on the planet. On the planet <laughs> Earth. Monday, July third, twenty twenty three, was the hottest day on Earth. So far. and I Yeah, so far. And right. I believe it, man. Oh, yeah. It's fucking hot. Nah, fuck. I didn't do anything, man. Oh, okay. And I think it was so hot. Because I remember last year on July 4th when I was t- talking to you, it seemed like a, a war zone in my neighborhood with the fireworks. So many people were br- breaking off the fireworks. I mean, they went on until four or five. This, this year? Yesterday? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Same nothing. in my neighborhood. Quiet. Yeah. yeah real nothing. quiet. It's too hot to go outside. Yeah, it's just too fucking hot. Anything. Why do you want to light a flame when it's so fucking hot? Right, right. You know, no, but... Uh, I thought it was a gentrification that's taking place in my neighborhood. Personally, I'm like, oh, these dudes don't even have fucking lighters or I don't know what's going on. But. Yeah, it could be that. I, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it could be that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was actually kind of mellow. So yeah, no, I didn't do shit, man. Yeah, I didn't, didn't hear many fireworks in, in my uh, my yeah. neighborhood either. Well, you know, you used to hear uh, like tons of gun automatic gunfire in my neighborhood back in the when I first moved there in the 90s. But uh, yeah, I think all those guys aged out as well. Well, they're dead. Or, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, dead. That's, that's what I mean by aged yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> they're dead. These fucking people, man. But... Anyway, that's what's going on. Okay. That's the news you need to know now. All right, all right. Except, uh, uh, I don't know if you knew this, uh, 
I'm looking forward to this. The new Barbie movie's coming out. Uh, I saw that's coming out. Uh, okay. I'm I didn't, really didn't looking forward really? to it. Really? Now, why oh, is that? Yeah. I, I'm surprised. Because, uh, you know, uh, Barbie's a hot fucking chick, man. Okay. She's got her shit together, man. That pink cocaine, man. That's the good yeah, shit, too. Exactly. <laughs> she's got that pink bush and all that stuff. <laughs> You know, but anyway, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, really promoting this movie big time. Hmm. And, uh, but you know, uh, the poster that promotes the movie says, Barbie, she's all that, and then Ken. Well, pe- they didn't realize this, but in France, Ken means cock. It's slang for cock in oh, France. Really? So the movie poster in France says, Barbie, she's all that, and fuck. Ken, <laughs> or Ken fuck, something like that. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's just like Free Willy in England. When Free Willy came out in England, you know, Willy in England's, you know, your dick. <laughs> sure. So uh, they had a big joke with that in Europe and stuff like that. You know, and Top Gun in uh, Belgium is, uh, you know, uh, a gun in Belgium means, you know, cock also. So Tom Cruise, top cock. <laughs> you know, some some tells me he planned that shit. Yeah, well, maybe I, I I don't know. He's a good guy though. I like Tom Cruise yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think he's a fine actor and stuff like that. Yeah, and he a... likes his people. He loves his people. Does he? You know, you seem nervous. You're okay over here. I'm. T- I, you know, I'm just my reg- regular twitchy self over oh, here. You know, okay. this is what I do. Uh, you've been smoking flaca. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Trying to lose a couple of pounds here and there. Oh, man. all right. Well, you're doing it right with the Bud Light here, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. You're, you're losing a lot with the Bud Light. <laughs> friends, <laughs> self-respect, yeah. self-respect, self-respect, friends, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But the country music people love you. You know, that's who you're aiming for, right? I guess. You know, you know I'm, I tried every other avenue in the music industry, and it hasn't worked out so well. Oh. So maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, send me to Nashville. Fuck. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's introduce this <laughs> yeah, guy before yeah, yeah. he drops dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely. I feel great, thanks. Yes, yes. That's what James Brown said. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, this uh, guest we have, I've, I've known for, for many years here. He's a terrific musician, uh, drummer, percussionist, educator, specializes in Afro-Cuban and Latin forms. Uh, he's played with all kinds of people, uh, all kinds of records, uh, Dr. John, he's uh, he's played on Dr. John Records, Irma Thomas Records. Uh, he plays with uh, bands like uh, Otra, Going Back, uh, Mas Mamones. Uh, he plays with Margie Perez, uh, on and on. The Radiators at times. I think he played with the Radiators during Jazz Fest. Uh, Michael Ray and the Cosmic Crew. Uh, we're going to get into all this stuff. Uh, but without further ado, the great Mr. Michael Skinkus. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, guys. I, I got to say, I'm a, I'm a, this is a really uh, a tremendous... Um, moment for me because I'm a huge fan of the troubled man and I've been troubled and I I I I feel I've I've this is it okay you've reached the it's all over it's all downhill making jakes place of many bad decisions and here we are right right well you're in the armpit of New Orleans right now you know speaking of of percussionists and snake and jakes I'm sure you 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 were probably uh uh, knew Michael Ward uh, oh, yeah. at the time where he was uh, holding it down here. It would be him and Theral DeCluid and, and uh, June Yamagishi uh, every night from whatever, 3 to 6 in the morning or something. 
Were you uh, were you ever making bad decisions with uh, Michael Ward over here? Yeah, you know, I, I I still vaguely see him back there. You know, standing yeah. there with a sort of like he had like a trench coat mm. and um, <laughs> yeah, Oof, he was a heavy cat. And um, all my respect, people would say, "Man, play that Michael Ward beat. You know, play that Michael Ward beat." And uh, he had many more. He just had the most impressive tone with a slap on his on his mm. on his quinto. He just had a t- tremendous sound. Now, Michael kind of comes out of, like, the, the Uganda Roberts school, you know, which Uganda referred to the way he, his style, he said he, he called it uh, uh, Afro-Calypso, hmm. not Afro-Cuban. And I don't okay. know what, what he we meant We killed Uganda, do you well, know that? Man, man, he, man, we killed him. Uh, I, I had to, Renee forced him on the show, that, and then he died a day later. <laughs> I got to listen to that. That was a brilliant, yeah. that was a brilliant uh, podcast. And I, I had to say, I had the honor the last time I led a band at the Jazz Fest I uh, had the honor of uh, uh, inviting his wife up on stage, and we said some words about him because really, uh, nice. Miss Linda. yeah, Uganda, yeah, yeah, Uganda yeah. is a, it was a heavy cat, a man of few words, but a deep, a deep, and uh, something I uh, I aspire towards uh, for sure. And same with Michael Ward. I mean, these guys really, they had it going on, um, utter simplicity, and here I am trying to, you know get myself into all these different twisted backwards syncopated things and these guys just laid it down man and just that was it that's and that's where i'm i'm still trying to get there after you know 35 years of playing music in new orleans still trying to just get to where the simplicity what they what they were able to lay down right on well i think you know much of maturation as a musician is a reductive uh, uh, operation and w- in, in other words uh, like getting rid of all the stuff you don't really need getting rid of all the stuff that makes it overly complicated and you know uh, uh, mm. yeah get your brain out of the fucking way you know um, that's that was a big part of it for me is you know to, 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 to shut off that that desire to, for the brain to make a make a fool out of you and just you know let your hands and your and your and your, and your ass do the, do the talking and and the, it seems like the more space you leave, the more magical things happen. It's, it leaves uh, room for God to walk in the room, you know. Mm. It's well put, well put. I uh, think I still. If you believe in God, well, <laughs> you know, whatever that, wh- so, whatever you, whatever that means to you, you know, I, the, I, the divine to walk into the room. So I, I had the honor of I learned a very valuable lesson at the hands of uh, Mr. John Mooney and Uganda. Uh, when I was when I was so full of myself in my uh, well, I still am so full of myself, but in my uh, in my late twenties, and I was so busy, and I was so oh, I had so much going on, and I was on my way to I don't know where the fuck I was going, and um, Mooney wanted me for a gig, and I couldn't make it, so I said, hey man, I got but I got somebody I can get you a sub, man. This guy, this cat Uganda, you ever heard of him? And Mooney was like Uganda, the cat who played with Professor Longhair. And that was the last I ever heard from Mooney, you know? Oh, really? <laughs> so, I didn't, I, so you introduced yeah, him to Uganda. I, yeah, wow, I, no I hooked him up, and it's like, okay, lesson learned, you know? <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, you blew that one. Dumbass. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I try to be careful about who I send out as a sub, man. <laughs> no, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, and I'm glad I put them together, but yeah, that was... Uh, I, yeah. I did not realize that, Michael. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you know, well done. That's, it was uh, my honor, really. That, that's that... that that's the gig that uh, gave me all the all my Uganda experience was was playing with Mooney. So thank you, because yeah, that 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 really was a powerful formational uh, experience that I had playing with that guy. You know, it really, 
you know, like those those kind of guys. You like, and even well, not even, but you know, John Mooney, uh, you know, goes from Sun House, uh, you know, goes back to Robert Johnson, Sun House, John Mooney, you know, uh, Uganda Roberts, Professor Longhair to to Uganda Roberts. I mean, these are the these are the dots that connect all this, make it real for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, and again, that, that utter simplicity that just, um, whew, they, they, they laid it down. Now, I understand that Michael Ward had kind of come up uh, uh, underneath uh, Uganda, where Uganda, his wife was saying that they would get together in the park, and mm-hmm. Uganda would kind of bring them all together. But uh, this, I don't want to be redundant, because I probably learned a lot of this from my uh, Troubled Men podcast. Oh, that's but. okay. We don't mind repeating stories. <laughs> it was uh, this, uh, yeah. What an honor it was to uh, to celebrate him at the at the two jazz fest ago, and then they haven't called me since, so I guess it did a tremendous job. Oh uh, well, you know they, they, <laughs> they got a lot of a lot of uh, guys they got to get to. Can't can't have everybody every year, I suppose. Um, well, well, so Michael, I, I know you didn't uh, grow up in New Orleans, so let's uh, let's dig back into uh, to the Michael Skinkus origin story. Uh, where <laughs> where where do you come from, Michael? So I'm from uh, near Philadelphia, southeastern Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, as a in the '70s, I have two older sisters, and they were uh, taking dance lessons, and I decided to uh, get myself some guitar lessons. So I was a young book trying to learn how to play guitar um what kind of bands were you listening to well oh jeez i'm not even sure you know i think it was mostly folk music you know i'm 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 going way back to like hmm, must have been nine or ten years old Mm -hmm. and i started taking private acoustic guitar lessons and then when i got to the sixth grade to the yeah, to the sixth grade i wanted to be in the school band and i was a guitar player i was you know Clearly, that was my destiny. So they said, well, we have trumpets and we have drums, but we don't have guitars in our school band in Fleetwood, uh, Fleetwood, Pennsylvania. So I said, well, I guess I'll, you know, I'll pick up the drums because then I can at least, while I'm up there with my hair flowing in the, in the spotlight, I can at least you know, tell the drummer what to do. And that was where a, a drummer was born there. And, and as I moved to sixth grade to the middle school there, and uh, that's the origin story, you know. Okay. And from then, um, so you had uh, your uh, mom and dad uh, living there. They're uh, professionals, I'm I'm guessing, of some sort. Uh, um, my yes, well, a very um, yeah. I get that vibe from you. Like, <laughs> uh, you know. My, I've very fractured familial past and present. So um, oh, okay, well, yeah. Enough said about that. All right, okay, all right. Moving on. <laughs> it's not therapy session, but sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. So that's where I, I got into the world of percussion, and then when I finally made my way to New Orleans. Um, well, so you're you, did you find people you just uh, play in straight drum kit, uh, studying with guys up there? Yeah, or? I was doing the school band thing mm-hmm. and marching band and concert band and embarrassing myself in every way possible but I really loved the parading. You know, playing snare drum in, in Halloween parades was really the bomb, um, playing as loudly as possible. And, um, yeah, that was, it. that was it for me uh, until I got to be in my later years of high school where I just sort of went away from it all. And then I got to New Orleans, I'm, I'm happy to say, somehow this rhythmic thing happened for me. And I, I don't know if you guys go back to Percussion Incorporated. It was uh, one of the first bands I saw when I came to New Orleans. Okay, I remember that name. But yeah, uh, who, who, who was in that? Kenyatta Simon, 
Kufaru Mouton. Kufaru, uh, somebody I wanted to talk about. It was that Curtis Mark, Pierre. Was Mark Sanders in that? I don't think. Mark okay. had already left already New split, Orleans. Right. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Hector Cur- wasn't part of that. Curtis Pierre, and okay. they're representing the Brazilian stuff. It was a heavy band, you know. They were, you know, doing some quad shows, and that's where I really learned to um, sort of venture into the hand drumming and away from the stick drumming stuff that I had learned in in, in, in Pennsylvania. So you saw them playing at Tulane? That's just yeah, like quad, well, yeah I'm, I'm thinking about the Tulane quad, and I'm thinking about, you know, being 18 and, and watching these guys just nailing it. And I'm not sure exactly what I was seeing, but... Um, that's what I and then there were some dance classes up there at Tulane and I started playing along with them and uh, it was just a, a dive into the sort of shall we say more folkloric styles that were alive and well in here in New Orleans that I didn't really have access to um, being a, a Pennsylvanian they just mm-hmm. I just didn't have access to that so. now now what brought you to Tulane how how did you wind up going to school there that's a good question um, well, thank you I think my <laughs> I think my Spanish teacher in high school my senior year he said uh, you know I was applying to different schools and and he said you're going to New Orleans for for college it sounds like vacation and uh, that's all I needed to hear as a as a young book and uh, my first my first introduction to New Orleans was uh, quite an interesting thing, and I found myself on, uh, of all places, uh, because of some, back then they didn't have uh, ride share and these kind of things, and I didn't have any cash on me, and I missed, I missed a bunch of connections. I ended up finally taking that airport bus to Canal Street, trying to find a streetcar to get uptown as a senior in high school, and I saw some of the most bizarre behavior I had ever seen in my life, right there on Canal Street, and I said, I'm home. Shit, this is my oh, okay. fucking home. <laughs> and, uh, woof. Now, Manny mentioned that uh, he, he, he clocked you as, as being uh, twitchy. Now, I'm a twitchy guy myself, <laughs> so I'm going to... Now, I was much more twitchy when I was a, a kid. Uh, were, were you kind of Tourette's-y uh, as a child? Yeah, I'm pretty high-strung, man. I have this crazy, fast heartbeat, and... Um, huh. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to say Cocaine I lost... Cocaine will do that for <laughs> you, man. No, it's really not my drug of choice. I think all of the drugs I like... Oh, excuse me. You wanna, if I were to you do any... Sl- you want to turn it off, right? You want to turn it down. Yeah, Bud trying Light's to bring... Help exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm a, I'm a high, pretty high-strung uh, character, so... Um, right. Well, so am I. Yeah. It's a, it's a, but, uh, you know, as I've, as I've grown older, a lot of those ticks have kind of subsided, but I still ha- have some... Of, of the remnants there, but I used to be much worse. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in your metabolism. I think I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've, I have this heartbeat that goes 90 beats per minute. I probably shouldn't be revealing all these strange things about me, but I'm trying to uh, get hmm. that all figured out now. But um, I'm happy to say I've, I Do lost you blame it. your parents for it? I blame them for everything, most everything. Okay. <laughs> Don't, so uh, they paid for you to come to Tulane? Are you uh, no, I was you? happy to, yeah, I was happy to or get you some. you just uh, ran away? Uh, no, I was lucky enough. Um, back then, it was a lot easier to get into Tulane University no, from what I understand. Still? <laughs> um, my father, unfortunately, passed. Uh, I'm sorry. About a year and a half ago. It's the best thing that could ever happen for you. I tell you, it really, uh, 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 you know, it had a major impact on my life. May he rest in peace. Um, It really... um, It freed you. It allowed me to see an expiration date, or not so much an expiration, more of an... uh, It sounds so cheesy. Sell-by date, right? Yeah, so, you know, like, this shit's not going to be happening forever, so I might as well try to make every day just as, as, as blissful as it can be. And that involved me, you know, even um, retiring from my teaching career and, and even, you know, this whole thought of having a career and selling my, uh, you know. It's over. 
It's now, yeah. Now, when you were so, saying uh, uh, you uh, that was driving you crazy teaching, what 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 about that? Because I know you did it for a long time, and I think you were very good at it. But uh, and the kids liked you and all, huh? You were like, it's a it's a it's a worthwhile endeavor, but it was. I think you. teaching would be the most unrewarding <laughs> job yeah, ever. You no, know, it was tremendously rewarding, and I really enjoyed I was at the fifth grade level, and I really enjoyed, um, you know, this... Uh, you so, were at the fifth grade I, level? Well, that's pretty much where I'm at right now, yeah, but, that's what I was, <laughs> but that's what I was teaching, and I really... Um, yeah, it was a good thing, and then one day... I got a notice from my body that said, um, you're done. This is it. It's over. And uh, I had to finish out the year, you know. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh the adults I get that kinda, message every day. <laughs> the adults it's kinda, over, man. The, the adults kind of polluted over. it for me. Yeah. I made, it, with all due respect, um, oh, okay. yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the administration, all the politics, the, right? Yeah, politics. Yeah, that's what they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Excuse yeah, my language. It's tough. No, it's okay. Now you can say whatever you want to hear. Thank you. You were teaching public school down. I there? was teaching at a uh, at a, a, a very elite arts uh, program, private school. Well, okay. So my first my initial connection with this particular school out in uh, Metairie uh, uh, was through the summer arts program, and then uh, I got myself hired on. Actually, after Hurricane Katrina, I found that I was much very much in need of some sort of um, other thing to sustain me besides the music uh, and that's when I started uh, teaching full time fifth grade and um, in, it, what were your subjects all the subjects or? it was they, what they called humanities yes. so it was really it was really quite a quite a it was it was an interesting endeavor because we were talking about um, geography and, and language arts but also talking about um, the history part was the most interesting to me um Wow, it was a little it was a little challenging because we were talking about the transatlantic slave trade and and teaching to families whose names are um, connected to a lot of the slave plantations. Owners. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, well, let's right. look at the look at this. What it, just yeah. recently I heard about the Congress. You know, there's a large proportion of the of the Congress that can trace. Yeah, them, you know, so. can trace half these people to being slave owners. Yeah, so it was, uh, yeah. but I, I, it was a very fulfilling career. And then when it ended, it ended, and it was a very final. You know. Oh, okay, like, and um, all this happened, you know, with the with the loss of my father, and and uh, it was all very whirlwind. And uh, now, where are your sisters? I have uh, one sister here in New Orleans, and I have oh. one sister in uh, in Pennsylvania. Oh, and okay. what do they do? Uh, one is a school teacher. We all come from a teaching family. My father was also a teacher. Oh, okay. Uh, and the other one is, uh, I'm not sure what she's, uh, we're, we're estranged. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Or I'm strange and she's stranger or something. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, so uh, so you get down in New Orleans, you're, uh, you're, you're getting turned on to uh, hand percussion, uh, but you're not studying. Are you are you in the music program there at Tulane? At Tulane, I was doing uh, more Latin American studies, and I was playing in a college band. Uh, I don't know if y'all would ever have heard of Smiling Myron, but we I were absolutely we were taking band. the world by storm, and right? um, had a had a steady gig at the Maple Leaf at one time. We were doing uh, some stuff, yeah. And then one day, uh, I showed up at a fraternity party on Broadway, and I realized. Even my shitty drums weren't going to stay at that party. I just, I had had it. I just, um, and it, it was a great band to play with, but I just, I just, I couldn't do one more fraternity party. That was it. It was, I was just done. Oh, okay. You weren't getting laid? 
Um, I think I was getting laid a lot back oh, then, you know, right. but um, not the fraternity way. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. And this is in the eighties. This was it? in. Uh, let's see. I came here in eighty-seven, uh, okay, ninety-one. Yeah. I graduated, right. and we were yeah, we were kind of in this, yeah. and we would go up. You know, we were trying to get out and about and play, and we would do a fraternity party in Tuscaloosa. So we try to get to up. You know, to to trying to get out and about so we'd make our money doing these fraternity parties and try to do some club dates and that kind of thing but it was very grassroots and uh so that was kind of the first band that you played with in new orleans absolutely was the first band well so well you've wound up having this career where you you played with everybody just about so it was like did your name get out uh playing with smile and myron is that how people like started so uh, knowing about yeah, you, yeah, I was lucky enough to play. Oh, I think it was the Big Easy Awards at the House of Blues, and my dear friend Ralph Gibson, who had a band called Caliente back in the day, right, called me up to play with the amazing, super talented Hector Gallardo. Uh, and that yes. was yes, and Hector, no, notorious and character. Notorious. I, I've tried to book him on the show. <laughs> he uh, he he's very. Uh, uh, Oh man, these these conversations. I'm sure you can imagine how they go. <laughs> and and once I made that first uh, call to him, he said, "Well, uh, I'm I'm really I got so much stuff going on. My air conditioning's broken right now. I can't think about anything else." And then maybe like a month later, uh, I, I said, "Well, okay, I'll, I'll call you." And you know, maybe when it gets cooler or something. And a month later, he calls me and he goes, "Hey man, look, my uh, uh, my car needs a part." Can you look up the number for the Auto Zone on Chefman Tour? Oh God, yeah, yeah. So there was <laughs> like a little a bit of baggage there. That guy. There was some baggage there. You know, we used to. I used to go and take lessons with him out in the city park, and uh, we'd go around. First, he had to do his workout, and he was very much. He had seen way too many Bruce Lee movies, right? And so well, he would. He, there was only three. Well, he watched <laughs> them back. Watched three, them, Bruce he's Bruce watched them too many times. Yeah, and yeah. I and I would I would try to be rational with him. And he'd say like, "I'm going to kick this tree," and you know, "Can you feel the earth shake when I kick the tree?" And I I'd be like, no, motherfucker, isn't the earth did not shake? Come on, man. And finally, we'd never get to the lesson, so I learned to say, yes, Hector, yes. Wow, did you feel the earth shake? Okay, now, about song lore, you know, or whatever we were trying to work okay. on. It was, a, it was a difficult process. Now, Hector sounds Hector. Hispanic, right? Yes, Hector from Cuba. Cuba. Right, yes. Cuba. Right, so yeah. was he wearing his chanclas while he was trying to kick the tree? <laughs> well, he, he, he's a kung fu master as well as a, 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 a percussion master in his, you know, in his own mind. In his own mind. Oh, so. a tremendous musician, though. I couldn't take anything away oh, from yeah, no, he's. Tremendous, tremendous musician, musician, but I mean, he 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 will tell you about uh, you know transferring chi, and, and that's why I wanted to get him on the podcast because he's a and his hoot. yeast. It was his yeast. It was a big thing about his. Con- yet he doesn't know how to find the auto zone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big yeah. He's a he's a ham in many ways, but he's one of those ham radio uh, operators too. But uh, so. If I can, if I can run ahead with this, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So we'd be playing. Uh, we we'd set up on Frenchman Street, and we'd be doing th- these great little jam sessions, a little Roomba out there on Frenchman Street back in the mm, what is this, the mid '90s. And um, eventually, you know, the the other Cubans and Puerto Ricans and Caribbeans would show up, and they'd all start arguing about baseball. No, it's, this is the way you play Wawanco. This is the way you play Colombia. This is the way you play Awaqua. They would all everybody have a different opinion, and I was like, Jesus, man, just just give me the right answer. You know, I'm, trying, I'm still coming from this, you know, perspective of trying to find what's right and what's wrong in music. And that's where I first started to go and take these uh, clandestine journeys to Cuba because I tried to find out, okay, which one of these guys is correct? You know, how do you play rumba, wara, panzangue, or whatever it is? And what I found in my studies was that they were all correct. 
Okay. You know, that everybody was right and they all had their opinion, their local variation, and music is not uh, nearly as cut and dried as, as I was hoping I would find it to be. Oh, well, but, 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 uh, but you, you enjoyed uh, or you must have come to appreciate the nuance, the, the, the beauty and the nuance of it all. That, uh, Most definitely. So that was my, and then I was at, I was at uh, John Cleary's house one time at a party and he was playing, he was jamming some NH La Landa. And uh, and he said to me in his in his in his John Cleary way, well, well, you're into this music, fucking go there, you know. And uh, sorry, I have no no British accent at all, but uh, and that was the beginning of my uh, exploration, my my journeys to Havana to really uh, to study there. Okay, cool, cool. Well, we want to get into all that and all these uh, all these other groups you played in, but uh, Manny, I'm looking at my drink, and uh, seems like about that time. You got to talk into the microphone. Yeah, you need to get another. I put him to sleep. I'm sorry, man. No, no, no. He's uh, So you want to get us out, man? Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Everyone knows what to do. They know the drill. They've heard the show, I hope. Uh, So we'll be right back. Somebody say Hester, Hester my pops. Shallow water on my Back, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Michael Skinkus. Now, Michael, sometimes I forget, but uh, I, this time I remembered. And let me present you with some uh, Troubled Men podcast stickers. Perhaps I've given oh, you yeah. some in the past, but uh, I always want to present the guest with a couple of fresh uh, iterations of it. There, so these are excellent. Thank you. They're going right on my Shekaday case. You know Perfect. where I where I where I collect all of my most important stickers. Nice, nice. I like it. And, uh, well, Manny, you know, uh, as always, we are relying on loose change. Uh, yes, you know, the, that's the, our big sponsor. We don't have any sponsors No, anymore. no, no. But, Nobody uh, likes us, Well, no, I don't that's, blame them. No, we, we, do, we do have some people that like us. We have uh, our guest, Michael Skankus. I'm uh, a huge fan. And, and, he, yeah. and he's, a, he's a, a past supporter as well. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and this week, we have, uh, they're coming out of the woodwork, man. We had uh, you know, a guy that, that reached out and, and was complimenting you. He's a, he's a big Manny Chevrolet fan, Mike Donahue. Wanna, oh, wanna yeah. Shout out to Mike Donahue, who that's put his money where his mouth was. Man yeah. of taste. And, uh, that's right. Right, right. 
uh, as what well as a uh, maroon that guy uh, is David McBurnett. Um, David McBurnett. Yeah, yeah. I've never. I'm not familiar with that McBurnett. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and and so he's supporting the podcast as well as uh, when when I met you here socially, Manny. Something we don't do too much. Uh, but but right before I left town, we were here on a social event, and we had received a letter. You know, we always say you don't. Oh, yeah. You don't have to. Put put uh, loose change yeah, in what an envelope. To that money, man? Oh, I got. We're, I'm going to pay for the drinks with it tonight. Oh yeah, you <laughs> um, took that money pretty quickly out of my hand, if I remember. Well, do correct. you want to hold on to it and then you can pay the bartender? No, I'll no, give it back yeah. to him. You can yeah. hand Who it to him. Who was that person? So that's Eddie Voynick. Uh, so shout out to Eddie Voynick, who does not have uh, Venmo or PayPal, but still loves the show so much he put a $20 bill in an envelope and looked up the address of Snake and Jake's and Come sent on. it to Snake and Jake's care of Manny and Renee. Excellent Luddite move there. I, like, I yes. dig that. I dig well, that. Well, this is the same guy who showed up at an iguana's gig and he's walking up to the stage with money in his hand like I thought he was going to put it in the tip jar and he hands it to me and says, uh, big fan of the podcast here, buy some drinks on me. So. Huh. Uh, so Eddie Voynick once again coming through. Well yeah, done. And, it was uh, a nice card, and he has very yeah. nice print. Yeah, nice handwriting. Yeah, yes, nice it was, print writing, uh, handwriting. Whatever right, you call right, it. right. So uh, uh, I want to want to uh, thank all of those uh, supporters as well as our our Patreon page supporters, our our patrons, and uh, you know for for those that that aren't on the Patreon page, we do have the uh, the Venmo and the PayPal links right there in the show notes of every show, as well as on the uh, Facebook page. The I feel. Pen- yeah, go ahead. Excuse me. I felt it was my duty to, to contribute because I had the most entertaining road trip from New Orleans to. Uh, to my to to near Philadelphia, wherever I'm from. Okay. And uh, I just I was blown away. I really um, welcome to the modern world. I'm 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 always late to the game, and I and I had been meaning to tune in. And man, wow, it was amazing. The things I learned about um, my friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're binging on the podcast. Yeah, well, oh, it's good. huge very binge. Good. Yeah, very huge good. binge. Well, uh, so for all of you out there enjoying the podcast as much as uh, Michael Skinkus and and uh, Eddie Voynick and and uh, uh, Mike, Mike Donahue, Donahue and David McBurnett, uh, you know, again, we we uh, yes, I already mentioned the uh, the PayPal and Venmo links. Uh, also, uh, follow us on social media, uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram. We still have the Trouble Men Podcast T-shirts that are available. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. Rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, give us five stars. Cost you nothing. Helps us out a lot. Going out of town with the iguanas. Uh, actually, starting dates uh, the day after this show comes out. So we'll be up in uh, uh, like playing Columbus, Ohio, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Chicago. Uh, Milwaukee, Minneapolis. So check the uh, iguanas.com for those uh, those dates in your town. Come out and tell us hello. Um, let's see. I think that probably covers that for now. So, uh, so Micah, you were talking about when we uh, last left, you were talking about uh, doing these surreptitious trips to uh, Cuba and I guess Puerto Rico and, and you're studying with Hector here in town, and and is Poopy Menez, uh, you know, one-time iguanas percussionist. Uh, he, he's a associate of yours as well. Definitely. I, as a matter of fact, I had the honor of calling him Tio because I, I um, 
there was this gig, uh, the amazing bassist uh, Israel Cachao Lopez mm. came to town. And, uh, Cachao, yeah, yeah. yeah Cachao. A giant. And uh, such a huge giant. And he knew Hector because Hector had called him for some used car gig back in Miami in the day. And, huh. uh, and, and um, Hector was, I was under his tutelage at that moment, and Hector was nice enough to have me as, you know, uh, Cachao said, you know, get yourself you know, whoever else you want to play. And I really, but it was really Poopy's birthright. Poopy should have been on the gig, but I was, I had Hector's favor at the time. And uh, I remember we, uh, we were calling, we were talking to Cachao from the payphone from Venezia on Carrollton because it was only one of the few restaurants that Hector was willing to eat at because huh. um, his yeast. Um, really? Yeah, it was a yeast <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, and, uh, and I'm not sure that, uh, I mean, I love Venezia, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not the most modern building. I don't uh, know. I don't know what the deal was. Well, we went over there for the pasta, and he's talking right. to Cachao on the phone. And I, I used to always call uh, Poopy Tio just as a sign of respect, my uncle, because I really felt like um, he should have been on that gig with Cachao. It was really an honor and uh, probably the source of all of my twitchiness that, that particular <laughs> night. Because uh, so we show up, he was a Cachao was the, the king of carnival that year. And um, Hector, of course, took another gig rather than go to the rehearsal because it was carnival. It was the, the Latin carnival was in town and Hector was playing with everybody. And uh, I was stupid enough to go to the rehearsal and uh, encountered some of the legendary uh, players in Cachao's band and, and flubbed and sounded probably terrible. And uh, I remember going home. It had to be a high pressure situation. <laughs> oh, it was tough. Yeah, and yeah. I remember calling my girlfriend saying, ah, fuck this. I'm not going back to the gig, man. <laughs> it was such a brutal rehearsal. You know, um, Jimmy Balsh on, on trombone. And oh, fuck. It was, a, it was a heavy band, man. It was a, and of course, I didn't have my buffer there, my, my, my Hector buffer. Okay. To, uh, you know, he was my source of, he was my fount of wisdom. And uh, he took another gig. So he didn't make the rehearsal. So, so, yeah. so you, you didn't have his, his, uh, his protection. Yeah. It was, okay. uh, yeah. My and my Spanish was uh was really fucking sh yeah right right it right. was rough. Uh, who calls himself Poopy? Poopy Umberto. I'm not sure where Poopy comes from, but uh, may he rest name. in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just a, just no, a, a terrific guy, great. a sweet guy, and just a, a Poopy a, a, means like shit, right? No, yeah, P U P I no, no. is it's, not really yeah not in Spanish. Well, that's it's a, Poppy. It's yeah. <laughs> oh God, the Poopy stories, but uh, yeah. Anyway, well, uh, well, so go, you were starting to touch on something. You were you were uh, talking about uh, the early days of Frenchman Street, and we just had uh, one of our last in-person guests was uh, Kenny Claiborne, ah. who lived uh, you know right there in Still the, does. the crossroads yeah. for so long, and married right there in the right there in the middle of the street. I remember on Mardi Gras Day. He was. Yes, he was dressed like a big mushroom, he and his uh, former wife. Yeah, okay. It's a very, very psychedelic uh, Mardi Gras day. Oh, I've seen that photograph. I didn't know what that was from. Mm, yes, okay. that's where they were married, right there in the middle of the street. All right. Well, so so you remember uh, Cafe Brazil when it was uh, the the early days when there was just a few clubs. Uh, uh, Frenchman Street was still a quiet little kind of locals haunt. Yeah. I remember, uh, man, sad, sad day when uh, Mick Jagger walked down the street. And he walked right past Ade, and he went into some other place. And the, the look on Ade's face, like, because Ade is definitely the Brazilian Mick Jagger, you know, by, <laughs> by far. And I, I remember uh, Mick Jagger went in the wrong fucking coffee shop, and Ade was crestfallen, man. It was a very sad, very sad moment for all of us. Yeah, well, Cafe Brazil would have all the, uh, all the stars uh, drop by there eventually. They it's all, very uh, true. All uh, uh, yeah. made appearances there. <laughs> 
But uh, man, what a transformation! It's. Uh, do you have thoughts about that? Uh, the the state of Frenchman Street today. I know that was recently in the news, uh, local music press about. Uh, oh, you know, it's uh, it's now rancid, and <laughs> that's the word that was you know, the I, operative I, word. And Kenny Claiborne was saying, "Hey, man, this is it's it's neither good nor bad. This is it just, just how is. Are. Yeah, it's the bourbonization. You know, they say they they applied the same sort of Bourbon Street um, business approach." And they, they imported that to, to Frenchman Street, and that's never been what it's about. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit... But uh, Kenny's thing was, well, nobody imported this because none of this is organized anyway. This is all just free enterprise. This is all just people acting in their own best interest. There you go. Uh, and somewhat seeming to be in a collective uh, sync, <laughs> but... but uh, it's just the will to power. Is that what it is? I yeah. suppose. It's over, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's over. Yeah, you know. Buffas. Buffas uh, is done. But yeah, yeah, you know. That's, yeah. Over. that's over. But uh, that, place well, should, that place should have been nah. closed years ago. Well, I mean, place. the place has been open since the 30s. So, uh, I mean, maybe they, uh, under its current, I mean, I hope it does continue under its current, uh, you know, uh, it's ownership and all. It's over. Uh, I'll tell you, I remember one night on Frenchman like Street. this place we're sitting in. Oh, you know, <laughs> this place should, they should light a match to this place. Oh, no. Uh, no, please. I remember one night on Frenchman Street, we came down there, and people were, it was so late, it was like a Mardi Gras, like late, 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 and people were banging on car parts and stuff, and it reminded me of the day after nuclear war. There was some movie about, like, what it was going to look like after the nuclear after. apocalypse, yeah, yeah. Right, right. and it was just so fucking beautiful. Everybody's just banging on shit, and bam, it was like this cacophony of, oh, Yeah. That was that was the that was the epitome of of Frenchman Street, and then from there it has it has gone somewhat um, not to place a value judgment, but it's not it's not what it was. And um, I was proud, you know, Ade was kind enough to let us pretty much do whatever we wanted on his stage, and I, I mm-hmm. uh, made. And you me- played there with with what kind of bands like uh, Mas Mamones? Mas Mamones, uh, uh, Freddie Omar used to be the Freddie king of Omar, Frenchman right, Street, right. and uh, yeah, we did a lot of. And you know, as you know from playing in that place, it takes very little to really. Feel up that room with sound so it was um it was always uh interesting to play that glassy reflective surface um right. bar and you know where one cymbal ring would, would would fill the room up and it really um there's a real a real art to playing in a place like that you got to play the room you, you gotta really got to play the room man absolutely yeah. Yeah. look uh, i went on this this trip with uh with lynn and uh, you know we're I'm used to playing with the iguanas. We play at a pretty low stage volume. You know mm-hmm. that's we were doing that. And and Eric Bolivar was saying, "Wow, uh, this is so quiet compared to all the other gigs I've been doing." Yeah. <laughs> like really? You know, <laughs> I I hate to sound like that same luddite guy, but I think that electricity was maybe not the best thing that ever happened to music. I hate oh, to say wow. that's a really huge statement to to make, but as a uh, you know, you can you can plug in and still play at a tasteful volume. That's true, and yeah, as you as you do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, well, uh, you mentioned uh, Kafaru uh, early on in this podcast, and Kafaru was a real fixture on on Frenchman Street, particularly Cafe Brazil. And uh, I think back to a band that I, I wanted to bring up with Kenny because I think Kenny played with uh, this band, uh, Banda Lagoon. Oh yeah, with uh, Angela. Yeah. Everybody had a crush on Angela. Oh, she was amazing. All the boys, all the girls. <laughs> yeah, and what was his name? The Brazilian uh, Dudu. Remember Dudu? Yes, yeah. He yeah, was yeah, a great yeah. he was a great uh, player too. Yeah, that was and Manny, of course, um 
Manny, uh, Manny Lander, who's, who's back in town, from what I understand right now. He's back now. I got to have Manny on the podcast because yeah. he's another nut, man. <laughs> he's a nut. He's a nut. <laughs> in the best kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manny's na- namesake, man. Uh, it spells it differently, though, I think. Okay. Um, but uh, Yeah, so it was, uh, those were some great years. And then, uh, you know, uh, I started to uh, explore uh, these... Um, I just wanted to, to mention this, 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 this beautiful music that comes from the bata drums that I've explored. There's this, there's mm-hmm. this series of, of rhythms called the Oro Seco, and it's a, basically an encyclopedia of syncopation. And that has been sort of, that was my fascination, um, diving into those um, Yoruba, you know, Nigerian-based drums that, that exist in, in, in Cuba. And that's really been a, a strong passion of mine ever since, just studying. Um, because as a percussionist, I was always looking for more of a classical, some sort of um, classical music approach to, to the percussion. It's not just, you know, we go up there and wing it all the time. We need to so get the, our... The, the pedagogy. You exactly. Gotta know, you got to know where it's coming from, why it's coming in that form. Yeah. And then that puts me to back where I am today in my in my 50s of trying to forget everything I ever learned and just and just play music, you know. But right. uh, it's, uh, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a journey, you know. It's, it's a journey. Back and forth. And, uh, you know, who knows. Now... So you were uh, you were talking about uh, being in uh, playing or in dance classes. Uh, is that something you still do? I think it's something you did for a while, huh? I did. I um, when I was in, especially when I was doing my master's degree over there at Tulane, I would accompany um, the modern classes, and we'd also play uh, flamenco classes, and we do traditional West African classes, and even some occasional Brazilian classes. So it was. Uh, they had dances of those oh, of those forms. Oh, absolutely! They had teachers that were doing those things, and in the summertime, we would do dance workshops. They'd bring in these special these special teachers from around the country, and uh, you know, just playing the drum for the dance is, is the essential nature of it all. And really. Um, I'm a terrible dancer, but really, you, you realize your role as a drummer uh, when you're when you're playing these. You know, you, you just can't play the wrong shit because if you do, every dancer in the room just gives you this mean look. You know, so it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a really uh, a great um, working with dancers, drum and dance together is a, is a, and it all goes back to Catherine Dunham, of course. How so? Well, in the sense that she was one of the first to bring these percussionists into modern dance. She was trying to. Um, have modern dance not be so uh, so European Eurocentric and uh, okay. allowed for the the Haitian and the the Caribbean uh, movement and different body types and these kind of things. Catherine Dunham was really a, a groundbreaker in the 1950s and 1960s, and thanks to her, uh, to this day, probably at Tulane, there are uh, percussionists accompanying modern classes rather than piano players who would play for the ballet classes. Okay, yeah. Now, uh, uh, don't you think like playing the drums is actually a form of dance? Like, do- doesn't it wind up being that, or, or really kind of any instrument, but particularly, uh, you know, in, in like a, a lot of instruments, it's very small motions, you know. But but with the drums, you're moving your arms, you know. Sometimes I guess move- yeah, but also just the manifestation of the movement of the rhythm, you know, in the sense that every um, everything that you play has a, a, a physical manifestation, and the dancers were expressing that. So yeah, absolutely. I don't know that uh, I'm the most graceful percussionist or that, that that I'm you know dancing away on my drums, but definitely hearing music as movement is is the key there, the essential nature of of the movement that's tied to the. To the syncopation of the rhythms, if that makes any now, sense. Now we've had a lot of dr- lot of drummers on this show. 
Yes, you they have. They all told us that they're the last ones to get laid. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, most. Well, you always know if she likes you, if she sticks around till you get your shit packed up. That's you know, what that's, they say. That's, 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 what all said. that's the test of <laughs> yeah. the test, the true test yeah. of a. Of, <laughs> you know, you're around to help you with the <laughs> equipment. She's, yeah. she's carrying your shit yeah. to the car. Oh, she's carrying your shit to the car. You're she's in, like down. you're so yeah. You're right. Your your work here is done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's good because I just want to, you know, we have a lot of drummers on this show, yeah, and they've all said the same thing. I'm glad you confirmed. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Now, in my in my older years here, I'm not even sure what the hell I'm talking about, but back in the day, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, there were some glorious moments in there, and um, yeah, if she picks up a piece of your equipment. She picked up well, a piece of your equipment. Up your yeah, equipment. Right. there you go, right Always there. Right there. One, right? <laughs> exactly, she's man. She's taking that equipment, going down with that equipment. <laughs> well <laughs> said, my friend. Yeah. Well said. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the glory days. I hardly remember, but I think there's some uh, some uh, glimmer. There's a few memories. <laughs> we all have got memory. That's all we can hold on to, man. <laughs> well, well, I hold on to myself late at night, yeah. but uh, well, with my yeah, memories. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Butera said, "Memories. That's what it's all about." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I'm looking at, uh, you know, all, all these uh, really a who's who of, of New Orleans musicians that you've played with, you know, like uh, Johnny Adams, you know. Wow, what an honor that was. Man, the Tan Canary, you know, I was uh, I was out with on the road with Johnny Adams and I played in his, his band for, uh, for a uh, fair amount of time, but... Uh, Man, what a what an amazing guy! Oh my God, the way he would do trombone solos with his voice, right? He was a heavy cat, man, and, and uh, you know I didn't know shit from Shinola back then, and um, wow, that uh, yeah, that session, and thank you, uh, James Singleton, who I have the pleasure of playing with this weekend coming up for for even uh, cluing me into that gig, and um, I remember them saying, you know, they wanted me to play a tambourine on two and four, you know, the most obvious thing you could do. And I said to them, you know, wise ass, that was my mouth. Um, I said, why don't you just trigger, you know, the snares on two and four. Why don't you just, you know, you know, even back then you could sample shit. And they said, no, we want it to be imperfect. You know, you play, you know, you f human, humans are, are, they wanted that human feel, that sure. imperfect human yeah, yeah, feel. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's, that's well, what James is a nut, man. Yes, he is. That guy's, a, he lives in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah? He's a fucking nut. You're over there and where all the alligators come up on the, uh, on the bike. Well, he's closer to that than I am, yeah. but I bump into him on the streets every once in a while. And he's always getting giving up something huh you know it's like i'm off sugar manny <laughs> and i bumped into three months later it's like i'm off uh you know yeast i'm off this it he's, might be hector's influence he's on crazy right? going nuts that guy <laughs> Whoa, you know, we got to get him on the show man. Uh, he's, yeah, a fabulous man. Guy. he's a fabulous cat and uh yes. yeah he's uh wow uh, I, he's, none of it is fit to repeat on the airways, but he's, uh, yeah, I've, I've watched him mature and his approach to um, life has matured along with his, um, with his aging process. Okay, well, that's, that's good, that's good. Uh, yes, that's, a little uh, teaser there. All right. All yeah. right. Well, last time I saw him, he says, I'm not bathing. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm not bathing right now. Uh, said, well, you know, it looks I'm, like Americans it, bathe too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably it's true. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, every other day is fine as long as you're not doing anything sweaty. You know, yeah, if you're just working an office job. You know, there's you a know. lot of layers of deodorant you can throw on top of one another. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I got I got a shower every day. Yeah. Well, you don't drink coffee. You were saying that. That's kind of yeah, how you wake I, yourself up. 
Well, yeah, I just I need a shower to wake myself up because I don't drink coffee. Like you don't seem like a dirty guy, though. You yeah, don't seem yeah, like a guy that yeah, gets I, real I, dirty. I, yeah, I know, I don't get that. Dirty. You don't do physical labor and that kind of stuff. Uh, well, no, my job isn't very physical. And man, he tries to move slow, as you can tell. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, what well, somebody was saying the other day? You got to just dive into the heat envelope. That's what they were saying. They were quoting a, a, a actually a friend of Kenny's was mentioning that LJ was saying you just got to dive into the heat envelope. You know? What does that mean? Oh, uh, it's like don't don't. Fight it, you know. Just be one with it, you know. Fuck. Well, it. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you're gonna sweat. Said and done. Well, well you yeah. know, go, going back to Cafe Brazil. Remember, for years they didn't have air conditioning in Cafe Brazil, and during the summertime, if you had a room full of people, you like, could smell it. Like with no, well, <laughs> perhaps. But uh, I remember with the iguanas, I would take a shower, put on all clean clothes because I knew that as soon as after the by the end of the first tune I would be soaked with sweat. Yeah. And you gotta be clean like that or else you <laughs> hey you're gonna be funky, man. So you gotta start <laughs> off real, real uh Real clean, but but yeah, that's just what was going to happen. You were going to be soaked all the way through for the entire gig. Yeah, that's healthy, and that, that reminds me. I guess me. that's that's leaning into it. That's very that's very strong. And you know, um, going back to the uh, what's that little tie joint that's on the end of the Frenchman Street there? That I, I'm surprised that it's still standing because we used to intentionally Dragons Den. Dragons Den. We used to intentionally like hire people to not dance on the beat over there because when everybody would get in some sort of syncopated movement with, especially with the with the Caribbean music, man, it felt like the place was about to fall down. Right, you know? right, you, right. You need yeah, a couple people got to that s- second floor there. Yeah, yeah she's definitely ready to just kind of fall into the ground. And so, um, yeah, it was a, it was a scary experience when everybody when when we had too many da- people dancing on the you know on the beat, it was like, uh, nah, it's not going to work out. We're all going to end up on the ground. And then the big rats in the back, you know. Oh man, oh, I I, uh, I tumbled forward down that uh, staircase one time. Oh shit. Uh, from the very top to the very bottom, and Alex McMurray watched me, and he watched me land on my feet at the bottom and walk away. It's like, impressive. It's like, how the fuck did you do yeah. that? Yeah, like I don't know. Heroin, which I was gonna yeah, say that you reminds me of the the, yeah. the, the, the the great gig we did a few years ago when I had my busted wrist that I was not admitting to myself. Uh huh. Like right, um, right. The one armed drummer. That was a crazy one, man. I, I have the stupid. videotape, uh, so you better stay on my good side. Oh. Oh, bro, I got I got some shit to live down with you, bro. I, got, I should be giving you like a monthly oh, stipend. Oh no, or no, no! Your, your secrets are safe with me, man. Oh, I understand. God. We're all it's, uh, it's uh, we're all gentlemen here. Highly fallible. But uh, yes, yes, we've all we've all been there. But uh, but man, it's 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 a scream. <laughs> anyway, um, well, so uh, then you have uh, some of these other people like uh, the great Bobby Rush. You played on on one of his records. Uh, I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> played on Sinatra's last record too. Yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, it's one of yeah. the yeah. duet record. You know him, yeah. you and yeah, you, you did, and the uh, Edge did a greatest uh, <laughs> thing. You yeah. know, you did the standards. You and the Edge. I'm right. so. Don't I'm you so remember sorry. that? I don't. I, I do. I don't. I'm. Sh- I'm not sure if I. <laughs> okay. You and Rod Stewart did a Patsy Cline tribute. I remember. <laughs> Is that true? Great, very fertile imagination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they would just sample me and then it use was in me Vegas. as they would. <laughs> remember? No, but they, uh, Coochie Coochie. That was a good gig. What's her name? Uh, Charo. Charo, yeah. yeah. And I show up for this gig. It's at three nights in um, some casino in Mississippi. And I show up, and all the drums are set up for me. And, and I'm like, where's the charts? Where's the music? Is there something to, I should learn? And they're like, no. You, basically, 
no one could hear a thing I was doing. I was just up there flipping my hair around and kind of looking enthusiastic. And, okay, uh, that was the gig, man. And and Char- now, so you were playing with Charo. Yeah, she now, was. She's a, terrific. She was. She? A, she was quite a great musician. She came on and did some classical guitar. I guess she had studied with Segovia or something. Yeah, you know? no, like, she can she, play. Yeah, but uh, she complimented the band, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, nothing that you heard was what I actually played. So thank you very much. I appreciate. it. Did you sleep with her? No, unfortunately, no. I didn't. Uh, I was. Uh, she was hot, man. She Even was back in the Gucci 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 days. Yeah, she's right, still yeah. in good shape, man. Yeah. I follow her on uh, really? Instagram. Yeah, yeah. No, she's, she's alive. She's alive. Oh, That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. No, she's quite active. No, she's she's still in good shape. I think she must have been very, very young when we were seeing her on, uh, you know, which, Mike Douglas and the Dean Martin show and all those kind which, of things. Which, going to Las Vegas, you know, um, I had the, the last, you know, the really strong gig, thankfully, the, the house buying uh, money gig that I had was at Harris Casino. Right I was going to bring that up. Hurricane yes, you Katrina. Were, you were in so Harris Casino, the one land-based casino in Louisiana. Uh, right Thank you, Edwin there. Edwards. Uh, well, and your gambling debts. Are you uh, rest in peace. Yeah, it's no? some other Chris Hemeter. I think was uh, oh, okay. was was involved in some of those shenanigans. <laughs> uh, they tore down the Rivergate, a a, right. a, a, right. a great landmark building. Deep Bartolo wasn't he part of that okay. whole thing? I think I you're know. right, man. San Francisco yeah, 49ers yeah. owner yeah, at I, that time. I think he got you're right. Busted. Pulling that he had, to, out, man. he had to sell the team. Well, and we we were Bartolo. all saying, vote for the crook. It's important, right? Because it was yeah. him or David Duke. Right. Right. Woo! Exactly. I was telling one of those David Duke stories the other day to my kids. I was saying, yeah, you know, David, we're talking about uh, Edwin Edwards' uh, silver tongue and how he said, uh, well, uh, me and David Duke have one thing in common. We're both uh, wizards under the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And his young wife, that was the end of Edwin Edwards, right? Uh, he's, he's he's had several, man. He's uh <laughs> he's, he's got a he's got like an 8-year-old son <laughs> wow. running around now. Wow. Um so yeah, so so uh Harris uh, uh, put together a, a huge show band that was like uh, Cranston Clemens. Yes. Uh, it was it was all the Trouble Men podcast guests. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Chuck Arnold on trumpet. And- yeah. Uh, and but so you were the percussionist, and that that y'all played like six nights a week or something. It was five nights a week, five and you could week. not sub out the gig. It was an amazing gig because you really like it was like they they would just keep rolling their eyes and saying we're paying you enough for this stuff, and anyway, they were they were yeah. paying really well. And uh, so um, I won't mention the band leader's name because I think contractually I'm not allowed to for the rest sure. of my life. Right. And uh, but I will so say NDA, that uh, yeah. yeah. But I will say Xavier Cougat. No. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> but I will say that I was trying to get out of that that, that contract with all I could do. But the buffet was so good. You no, it was quit. horrible. And so, uh, <laughs> no, with the, the bread, and I was, and I was, I just bought this house, and um, I remember sending off. I finally, I couldn't find my contract because I was irresponsible, and I finally got a copy of the contract from the band leader's wife, and it was very difficult to get a copy of that contract because she's like, "Well, why do you need it?" And da, 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 da. So I sent it to this family friend who was a lawyer in Philadelphia, and before it arrived. Hurricane Katrina came through, and he laughed in my face and said, "Well, I got you out of that one. Act of God, <laughs> yeah. didn't send me a bill." Yeah, oh, nice. Okay. Wow, that's that's a rare attorney. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, family friend, you know, okay. consigliere or something. All I'm right. Not sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, Katrina helped out a lot of people. I hate to say, you yeah, know, uh, it really oof. did. Oof. It was one of the best things for me. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I remember Irma Irma Thomas saying that it was a hell of a booking agent for her, and I was thinking yeah. to myself, oh, "Please don't say that," you know. Yeah. Please don't say that. Please don't say that because we're all suffering. But uh, yeah, it did. It got me out of that. Um, 
that it wasn't my favorite gig. What do they say? If they're paying you a whole lot of money to do something, it's because you wouldn't do it for any less. And that was definitely the case. There. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was a right. rough gig. And which is bring me back to, to Cranston lecturing me on being a professional because he had been through it at Harris and he and I was pissed off because, you know, they give us a Saturday night off and I would take a gig on Frenchman Street because that's where my heart was. And then they'd suddenly, we'd have to play that Saturday, and they'd say, well, you're a professional. you got to do our, you know, this is your bread and butter. And I'd be like, well, what about my professional ethic to the other band who I was supposed to play for $50 on Frenchman Street with? And, uh, and Cranston would say, just shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> that was good advice. <laughs> yeah, it was good advice. I, I, yeah, they won't hire me again. But uh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, Michael, uh, man, it's been great having you on the podcast. Uh, you know, so what's what's uh, we we have a, an Ed Volker gig coming up. The one of the gigs we do together uh, several times a year. The great Ed Volker from uh, the Radiators. Uh, what an honor it is guru. to play with him. Yeah, what a what a guru. I mean, what a and and that's just you know, my life in New Orleans has been so blessed with playing with such talented people and such historic people and I, and. Um, and Renee, I, I, not to you know butter you up too much, man, but uh, this has been um, every time I get to sit down and play with you, and I'm still aspiring towards something, and I really hope that at some point um, I will get closer to where I'm trying to get to, which is to be somehow connect New Orleans with the well, I would say the African diaspora, part of the Caribbean, the northernmost port of the Caribbean, this kind of thing, and 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 to learn to really uh, apply without being too pedantic about the things I've learned in Latin music to be able to really be a New Orleans percussionist, and so um, nice. I, I think I think playing with Ed and playing with with, with you guys, especially in that band Los Reyes, uh, it really allows me to. Um, try to play less and try to play just those most impactful notes like Uganda would have us all do. Nice, nice. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's great advice for everybody. Well, yeah, and I think it's great advice what you said. You know, we're all, we're all aspiring to something. Yes. Which, you know. Yes. Yeah, not sure what it is, yeah, but I know, yeah, but I know, I no idea, yeah. yeah, just, you know, uh, we're aspiring to something. And, and uh, I want to give you uh, credit for uh, being the first person besides me to use the word pedantic on this. Pedantic. 240 <laughs> episodes of the podcast. Well. So congratulations on that. I'm on a real pedant. Vocabulary. <laughs> um, well, uh, man, this has been a fun one, man. Uh, and... Uh, Thanks so much, Michael. Man, you guys are—I mean, troubled men. If there was—if I—if there was ever a, a club that uh, that I wanted to join but wouldn't have me because of who I am, you know, I would never join a club that would have me as a member. I feel truly kin, uh, a kinship with the troubled men. So, uh, All right, stop thank you for sharing. Okay. <laughs> thank right you for on. sharing your troubles right with on, me, man. Well, right, thank you, man. You, You've been fabulous. Yeah, and you know as well as anyone, Michael, that uh, in the troubled nation, we'd like to say uh, trouble never ends. Uh, the struggle continues. Well said. Good night. Good, Good night. night. There's a kind of woman live way down the bayou. down by yourself She got something going Ain't nobody knowing What she got She got Nobody else She can wake up greedy Wake it. 
Baby 